Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, Rich Weekly Study an Often Forgotten Installment in a Franchise and See How It Holds Up on Its Own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And it's the Christmas season. It's the holiday season. Let's not be too, you know, narrow-minded here, Liam. Come on. Can't believe you said it was only the Christmas season. That was uncool. But My bad. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning these things. <laughs> but, um... It's not very Christmas me outside. This is something we've talked about a little bit. Uh it's just it's green and wet and foggy and miserable out there. And so we needed to find stuff that was going to help build atmosphere, right? And you know, we were looking at our list. We have a big scroll. I think I've talked about the big movie scroll before actually. We've got this big scroll of movies and we go down and we check stuff off. It's an endless list. We'll be doing this until our bones turn to dust. But what I did see on that list was a few things where it's like, oh, do we want to do um, Jingle All the Way 2, the standalone Christmas sequel with Larry the Cable Guy from like 2014 or whatever? Or do we want to do Bad Mom's Christmas or whatever the fuck? And, you know, all those movies fill the criteria of this podcast, maybe a little more fully than what we went with. But are they really going to build that atmosphere that we're looking for? And are they going to make us just absolutely incensed with rage? Potentially. So we've bent the rule just a smidge and uh, went with a man who was known for his atmosphere, Tim Burton, to do... <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been so much better. Oh, man, all that buildup, but I fucking blew it on the goal line. <laughs> We need to start scripting these podcasts. <laughs> we really do, because that was a long walk off a short plank in the end, just like my man John Depp in The Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Is that anything? It's uh, it's something, I don't but we're know not talking I... about Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank so God. It's, it's not your best. Yeah. Not your best. Uh, what we are talking about is Batman Returns, <laughs> which, uh, as mentioned, is a Tim Burton joint, and... um. For also, I don't know if I think Johnny Depp's a pretty uncool guy, so I'll just want to go there. I don't have I don't have huge, I don't have a lot of affection for Johnny Depp based on that name drop alone. Don't read into things too far, people. Come on, keep up. It's a podcast. But we are talking about Batman Returns, a Christmas movie, through and through. Liam, how how many minutes do you think it took for us to see a Christmas tree? Oh gosh, uh, you know I I don't I don't think there's one in the opening scene, so it's maybe six seven. That's pretty good for a two-hour movie. It only took like six uh, minutes to get to the Christmas part. Yeah, and even even before that, it feels Chris. I mean, there's snow. It's dark. It's moody. It's Christmassy. It is, and um, it's directed by Tim Burton, as mentioned, and it's written by Daniel Wal- Waters, who wrote Heather's Hudson Hawk and Demolition Man. The story is also by Sam Ham, who is the the greatest name anyone's ever had. Sam Ham. Yeah, and he wrote the first Batman as well. Edited by Chris. Lebanon, who also did among other things the outsiders top gun weird science hudson hawk as well the first triple x movie aragon he works a lot with tim burton and tony scott the cinematography was by stefan zapsky i think who uh worked on child's play 2 so we may talk about him again at some point uh matilda ed wood blades of glory weirdly and uh the thin blue line which was the most unexpected part of the whole filmography for me personally. Uh, but I fucking love the thin blue line. Um, well, I love Matilda, so we're a fan of this guy. Yeah. 
And uh, we got the music by none other than Danny Elfman. Uh, so a pretty stacked out crew here. And then the cast is a laundry list of people that also don't need any introductions. Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken, Michael Goh, Michael Murphy as the mayor, Pat Hingle, Vincent Chiavelli, Andrew Brynarski, woof, who is playing Christopher Walken's son and also might be better known for playing uh, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 2003 and the Texas Chainsaw The Beginning movie. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. He, man, he grew up. He did, yeah. And then we got uh, Christy Conaway, Rick Zumwalt, Anna Katarina, and then small roles from Paul Rubens and Diane Salinger. That's everybody. Cool. And uh, also, you know, based on Batman characters by Bob Kane, you know, I feel like sometimes we gloss over the uh, based on credit, perhaps, and, uh, you know, we'll give Bob his due. But, um, you know, are you feeling Christmassy yet? How you doing with the Christmas? Dude, I've been Christmassy since I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 in late November. I'm I'm sold. I uh, We got more lights for this Christmas tree that's on the kitchen counter, counter behind me. <laughs> oh, man. And it looks so beautiful. So we turned off all the other lights in the in the apartment as we were watching Batman Returns. And it felt like I was the penguin in the movie. It was amazing. Um, it felt specifically we're... like you were the penguin? Well, it just felt like I was someone in the world. The whole of... movie's dark. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it felt like I was someone in that world. And I most identify with the penguin, I think. Interesting. So you don't identify with... Um being a terrible corrupt businessman that's good to know for me personally <laughs> um yeah i'm uh i'm going out to do some christmas baking tonight what about you how are you feeling about christmas uh it ain't happening bud i, I ain't <laughs> feeling it not deep in my bones not deep in my heart uh it's just wet and cold and rainy and dry not rainy and dry rainy and green grass you know hear about this i'm just not feeling it like and we talked last week about how I'm not a big Christmas person generally, but I like the the feeling of it. I like the transition to what feels like a new time of year, and it's just not. It's completely gone. I don't know if it's because like I'm just working and then like going and sitting in my house and then like, working again and not really doing a whole lot. Um, maybe I'm lacking that like connection to people. Maybe it's just the weather. I don't know what it is, but I'm not there. I just ain't there, and I was hoping that maybe this would, uh, because we gave ourselves a bit of a pass, because it's, it's, you know, it's not a huge surprise in the grand scheme of things that they made a sequel to Tim Burton's Batman, <laughs> but, uh... But the, the title makes it sound like it, Batman Returns. They should have done it? our, back. they should have done our naming convention be like, Batman Returns? Yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity, Tim, call me. Batman oh. Goes Hawaiian. Dude, Miss, they, Adam West probably did that. Yeah, that's just that's what the whole third Brady season Bunch of the two show is. is called. <laughs> yeah, so I was hoping this might help because we discovered in our, you know, trying to find out what we were going to do next that this is very much a Christmas movie. There's big presents, big trees, an ice princess, not to be confused with Elsa from Frozen. It's snowy as hell, big bougie fireplaces. It's got it all. There's a penguin. There's a penguin man. And there's many real penguins, which are, Dang. you know, Christmas's favorite animal. Well, I mean, a top three for sure. Uh, Rain, reindeer are up there. Well, I mean, they're played out, you know. 
Gremlins? We're over it. Those aren't real. Uh-huh. Gremlins aren't animals, are they? And well, what else would they be? They're just a creature. What's the difference? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> all animals are creatures, but not all creatures are animals. Hmm. Like, we're also creatures, but we're not animals. I disagree. We have, have you ever we seen have rational... Lord, of the, Lord of the Flies? <laughs> we have rational human brains. We can be objective. All things that are definitely true when I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, super Christmassy movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's Christmassy, but super it's, duper. Also, it's also super duper heroes and villains. Um, and that's not something yeah. I feel like we've had a ton of discussion about on the show. Is it? No, no, dude, I can't I can't think of a superhero movie we done done. Except for Batman Returns right now. Yeah, that's right. But we haven't even done it yet. By the time <laughs> you guys hear this, we'll have done it. But currently, Corey and I, we actually, we take the unique approach of <laughs> recording podcasts sequentially. You know, uh, we watch a lot of movies. And so we, I've heard that a lot of art is created, you know, unchronologically. You'll do it out of order in order to... Uh, get the flow right and um, make sure you're in the right mood. You have all your right faculties. But Corey and I, we're more of a DIY Blair Witch style. And so we actually do it just from front to back in real time. So we haven't actually talked about the movie yet. Yeah, no. And, you know, there's all these other movie podcasts where they try to save time by, you know, like recording about the movie first and then watching it later just so they can put it on their letterbox and say that they did it. Uh, they'll watch it at two times speed, like they're listening to a podcast they don't really like. But that's just not how we do it, you know? We're very thorough. Mm. Anyone anyone who's listening to this episode right now and hearing our voices at two times speed just felt called out. <laughs> and they should, because that's barbaric. Speaking of animals, God, stop doing that. Just weirds me out. Can you do that? Like, can you even physically handle doing that? Because I can't. Well, I don't know. I, ha- I haven't tried. Well, I mean, um, you gotta, you have to break this stalemate between me and this hypothetical listener. You know what? Actually, I've I've listened to university lectures at like three times speed. I can handle that. You ever done that? No, I actually, I had one online class where uh, I got like video on demand for the lectures, and yeah. uh, I tried putting it at one and a half, and I like viscerally hated it. Oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> I guess I could do the podcast thing then, because I yeah. I found that to be a lifesaver. It was just, I just don't like, it It makes me uncomfortable beyond the fact that it's just harder to keep up with. Mm. Um, but anyway, something, something Batman? Is that what we're talking about? We're not going to get into a super wide ranging discussion here because that could the, take the, a really long time. The Caped Crusader. The Caped right? Crusader. Let's keep it to the, the Batman zone, as we like to call it. So, Liam, how do you feel about Batman? I really like Batman. Um... In regards to like the su- superhero world at large, he he I guess he'd be one of my guys because I'm not a huge superhero guy. Despite like I grew up reading comics, um, I never got mad deep into it, you know, enough to still be super into them today. But I still have a lot of comics on my shelf next to me, um, and Batman was one of the ones I really liked. I think part of it is just that. Um, well, one, I like the darker aesthetic, and so just the fact that he's got like a black mask, and I think I think that's kind of cool. It's called I mean, a cowl. He, that's right, his scowl. <laughs> yes, cowl, um, like Simon right, scowl. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Simon, Simon scowl. scowl. Yeah. My and, favorite uh, Scooby Doo character, Simon scowl. And I like that he doesn't have. <laughs> I like that he doesn't have superpowers. Um, because I, I like sort of 
realistic stuff. I mean, we've talked about that before. And so um, dig that about Batman. And so like, I like, uh, you know, what have I, what have I read? I guess I've read like the killing joke and the long Halloween and stuff. And um, all that is cool. And I think a big part of it is that growing up, Batman movies were coming out, you know, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies were right around the time that I was, uh, you know, in, in like middle school years. And so I kind of, I had to be into him really. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I get choked up thinking. About um, and so I was, I was actually thinking about this in relation to, uh, the Tim Burton franchise and later Joel Schumacher franchise took over. Um, I was thinking about, am I actually into Batman or was it just like out of necessity? Because I haven't seen any of the Tim Burton or Joel Schumacher versions of Batman. So I hadn't seen the original Michael Keaton film and I hadn't seen Batman Returns. Um, But I have seen all three of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies and I like them and I like the character of Batman. um, But I think... Tim Burton's Batman movies and so on have sort of because I was born um, almost 10 years after those movies first started they are to me like what uh, I think maybe the the Christopher Reeves Superman movies are to people a little bit older than me where it's just like it's it's more of your parents superhero um right or or maybe like your uncle's superhero because it's not that big of a generation gap but because because i wasn't a kid or maybe your uncle who might be younger than your parents oh definitely and in my case that's definitely the case (laughs) um and so i i never went back and watched these batman movies though i've got to say the original tim burton one has been on my list to watch for a good long while because of tim burton and i have a friend who really loves that first batman movie and so it was on my list right around the time i was like watching jurassic park and et and shit and and going back to those classics and um i just i didn't get to it um but I've seen those Christopher Nolan versions of Batman, I think just because they were coming out at the time and, and they were huge, just like the Tim Burton Batman movies were huge and all all kids went to see them and like liked Batman because it's just a huge movie. And so um, <laughs> if I had just been a bit born a bit earlier, I probably would have seen these movies and really liked them. But as is, I've just seen the Christopher Nolan movies and I really like them but again I don't I'm not into Batman um enough to then have like got really deep into comics and I don't know much outside of the movies um but I uh I like Batman uh so I, I was more excited for this than I would be if we were watching say uh justice league or right. um uh what iron man two three you know i don't those, those are far less interesting to me Aquaman so batman eight either right yeah, yeah yeah batman and spider-man are the two dudes where like just their core concept interests me enough that i would be down with watching any batman or spider-man movie even though i haven't seen all of them like if someone put them on i'd be like sick but if cool. someone but if someone put on like a Thor movie, I'd be like not super interested. In what you don't it. want to watch Thor: The Dark World? 
uh not unless we're doing it for this podcast <laughs> and getting a patreon donation <laughs> pay us and we will watch thor of the dark world i will sit through that movie for a second time oh man oh man now we've got now we've got to do it Corey's the expert now someone has to pay me <laughs> um yeah i'm in a similar boat um i do not read like superhero comics like that like i don't read bat your batman superman spider-man kind of thing mostly because they're so gigantic huge and there's so many bajillion timeline resets that i don't know where to start or stop or get on or get off with those things so uh i i mostly haven't and um that aside yeah i've mostly seen the movies i've seen for batman i've seen the christopher nolan trilogy of movies uh but I definitely saw Batman Begins like way later than The Dark Knight and whatever the other one was, The Dark Knight Rises or something. Um, yeah, that's the full title. And um, yeah, I, I like those movies fine. I think I probably liked them a lot when I first saw them. But it's been a long time, and I don't know where I'm at with them now because it's been so long. Uh, Man, it's weird that it's been so long. You those, know? The like, Dark Knight came out in like 2008. <laughs> Oh, like we're we're now at the point that uh, people were from the Tim Burton Batman movies when like S- Sam Raimi's Spider Man was coming out, you know, and those yeah. those feel like totally different superhero movies. So it's it's just it's wild. Yeah. I, so I was excited to get to this largely because it does feel pretty removed from Christopher Nolan's like trenchant commitment to realism and uh, militarism. Also, they're very like big bulky body armor movies to me uh at least with that rendition of batman so i was looking forward to getting into a bit more tim burton a filmmaker i'm not overwhelmingly familiar with at least not the stuff that people consider good and um Mm, so like what what have you seen um god i'd have to like look up a list just to even remember what he does charlie and the chalk oh yeah that movie's bad (laughs) movie's bad as shit uh, sorry to all the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stands. Uh, well, uh, maybe we'll do it one time. Well, I haven't seen most of his whole sort of oove. I've seen Alice in Wonderland, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. Sure haven't seen Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward, Sleepy Hollow, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Dark Shadows, Frankenweenie, Pee-wee's Big yeah. Adventure. I will yeah, say, you're out of it, dude. I've Holy seen... Shit. Like half of Edward Scissorhands. Which half? First half. Oh man. <laughs> what, is it's the, is a, it the second... bad half? Is no, what... no. It's it's all great, but the second half gets dark. Scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, well, so yeah, I'm not up to speed on my Tim Burton, but I was l- eager to get something with a Christmas atmosphere and some stylistic flair. Because I feel like that's his whole deal, is stylistic flair. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were able to gather all that from Charlie and the Chalk and Alice. Well, in hold on, I've I know what he like. I know his whole deal. I've seen pieces of those movies. Yeah. I haven't. I just haven't seen all of those movies. Gotcha. Like I've seen clips of all of those, so I get his whole deal. I Do just, you like the deal? Eh. Sometimes I guess. Okay. <laughs> kind of depends. The movie I've been most interested in after seeing a clip of it was probably Ed Wood for whatever that's worth. Probably nice. one of the least Tim Burton-y in terms of, like, raw aesthetic of all of them. Yeah, yeah. 
But I haven't, yeah, like I'm not an appreciator of his work. I don't really know his deal. I guess I just said that I do. What I mean is I have, I don't know what it's like to sit down and just be like, I'm watching a good Tim Burton movie. I've never had that experience. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's true. Yeah. Well, um, shit, I guess so. What about Big Fish? You ever seen that one? No. Mars Attacks? I used Attacks? to see it in, uh, no, uh, Pieces okay. of Mars Attacks. I've seen, I used, I remember the cover for Big Fish really vividly because I used to see it in movie gallery a lot. I don't think there's anything particularly notable about it. I just remember seeing it a lot. Now, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got some of those too where it's just like your eye is just, it's like it's always in stock or you always walk down yeah. the aisle or something yeah. so you notice it. What about, uh, you telling me you ain't, you ain't a Dumbo fan? Uh, I would have seen Dumbo only because I'm a big Danny DeVito stan. But even I couldn't oh. bring myself to do that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally forgot he did Dumbo until I'm here looking at it. The other only other one I would ask about is uh, Planet of the Apes. You ever get to that one? Is it the Mark Wahlberg one? Which one's that? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I've seen pieces of that as well, like clips on YouTube and whatever, but I can't believe I remember the, the right one. So does that one have anything to do with the other ones with uh, Andy Serkis no. in them? No, nothing? No, 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 no. no. So no. wait, did they reboot it and then reboot it again? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, nine <laughs> nine nine years apart. They're yep. that far apart. Wow. Yeah, oh one and then twenty ten. Granted, that's still a pretty quick turnaround time to fully reboot a franchise. It it is. Like I mean, nine we're seeing years? It, we're seeing it more nowadays, but uh, yeah, it is strange that that happened back then. Yeah. Um. So with all of our Tim Burton cards on the table here. You being the more experienced Tim Burton aficionado, what were you expecting going into this as your first Tim Burton Batman experience? What were, where were you at with that? Yeah, you know, I was a bit, uh, I was a bit unsure as to how this was going to go because on one end of the spectrum, I know about Adam West Batman in the '60s. On the other end of the spectrum, I know about Christopher Nolan Batman. And so I didn't know where the Tim Burton Batman was supposed to fall. I figured that it wouldn't have like the gritty realism of the Nolan films like you were describing. But I also had never really heard any indication that it was campy or goofy or um, uh, like a had a tongue in cheek, anything like that. And I know Tim Burton... Um, takes things pretty seriously i mean like it's stylistic and surreal but the characters um are still uh it's all pretty it's grounded in the world that he made it's that the world is weird yeah yeah and so i i i was thinking that this was gonna be um pretty dark not very fun um like i was thinking it would be uh darker than like sam raimi spider-man um this... nearing christopher nolan batman oh really yeah yeah um so i was i i, I was ready for some uh some pretty dark shit so honestly did the did the later batman movies factor into that at all by which i mean like the joel schumacher ones that you're talking about where they just go like totally off the rails but like Probably. in a colorful way. So like, did, yeah. did you figure like there had to be a starting point for those that wasn't that? That's right. I didn't actually, I didn't consciously think about that, but totally because the Batman no and Robin movie. No bat nipples in this movie. 
Yeah, B- Batman and Robin is criticized for being so campy and like flamboyant and ridiculous. And so I thought that, okay, if people are criticizing it for that, then it had to start in a much more grounded place. And so I was I was thinking that this would be ju- pretty similar to the Christopher Nolan Batman movies just 20 years before. So like stylistic things are a bit different and... Um, uh, you know, movies feel a bit different tonally, but I still thought that, like the Christopher Nolan movie, it w- it was going for grounded in reality, taking Batman and the villains seriously. That that's what I thought, and um, I knew that Joker was in the first one, yes. So I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting Batman Origins. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was just thinking it would be Batman versus uh, the villains. In this movie, did you not and, look anything up? Like, that? did you not know who was in it or anything? I I didn't look anything up, but I I was pretty sure because I knew Mister Freeze was from later <laughs> in the series when when shit got more. Do you whack. know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> god, I, I uh, that shit. Oh my god. I knew Joker was in the first one, so I knew that this one was Penguin. I didn't have it in my head that this was going to have Catwoman in it, but pretty quickly in, into the movie, I realized <laughs> that that's where it was going. Yeah, um, I don't know if I, I was fully where you're at in that I wasn't expecting it to be super, like, I I don't know, I was expecting it to be dark, but I was more so expecting it to be weird, like, and I know weird is difficult to quantify, but like... Um, it was going to it was going to be whatever my brain thought a good Tim Burton movie was. Uh mm-hmm. like it was gonna be atmospheric and weird, but like weirdly self aware in what it's doing. And um I don't know, just bizarre. Like I, I, I feel like I lack the vocabulary to discuss what I was expecting because like my, my Tim Burton knowledge is very one note. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, probably this, I guess. Um it's sort of like when I was trying to talk about David Lynch and I feel like people get hung up on like the same few words when trying to describe David Lynch's work when there's a lot more going on than like, oh, it's weird. But Tim Burton, I feel like for very different reasons, is kind of in a similar boat where people are just like, oh, what a weird guy. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be something else to it. Uh, I was expecting it to be good. Um, I'll say that. I feel like usually we go in with pretty like tempered expectations nowadays. I was expecting a good movie. Yeah, I, well, I was at least expecting a substantial movie, like a movie that we can talk about. You know, right. sometimes we we don't even have that. Um, but I should I should say that I I wasn't really thinking about Tim Burton when I was anticipating this movie. I was just thinking that this is the Batman movie from a previous generation. I kind of had it in my head that even though Tim Burton had done Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands at this point, I was thinking that he would fall much more in like the hired gun line where he would just uh, like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands were, were the movies for him. And then he, and then he, because he got to do that, he comes and he does Batman returns and he just does the superhero movie. And so I didn't think that this was going to be, I didn't think it was going to have like the touchstones of a Tim Burton movie. And so um, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, it does. This movie has a lot of uh, Tim Burton-y like freak show stuff in it. And that stuff surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. Oh, I, I, 
I wasn't expecting it to go as far as it does, which we'll get into, but I was expecting like a degree of that. This is basically yeah. proto Dumbo. Yeah, and I and I should have been. I absolutely, I sh- I should have expected it, but uh, I, just, I I wasn't thinking about it for whatever reason. So it made the movie all the more uh, jarring. Yeah, and so for anybody who doesn't know, here's a quick rundown of the movie here. Uh, so we've got a rich baby thrown into a river for unknown reasons, who ends up in a sewer and later becomes the penguin. Uh, that's the shortest way I'll be able to describe that. And we've got an established Batman Bruce Wayne figure. And we've got Selena Kyle, who was an assistant at, um, Max Shrek's not Shrek. That can't, his name can't be Shrek. Is it, is it Shrek? Do I have yeah, that right? Yeah. That's how it's pronounced. I'm not yeah. used to hearing the word Shrek outside of like, well, we all know yeah. what, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't give it a second. <laughs> until I didn't until it right now. Yeah. Like the whole time I watched the movie, I wasn't thinking about it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm dead serious. I wasn't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with um, you. So we got Shrek played by Mike Myers. No, that's not. Okay. But um, Max Shrek is Christopher Walken. He's like this like model citizen, but secretly like a corrupt businessman who wants to build a fake power plant that will actually siphon a power surplus out of Gotham City so he can leave it as an inheritance to his himbo son, Chip. And, um, you know, in trying to arrange those dealings, uh, Selena Kyle, who is sort of like lonely and frustrated with her life, ends up getting pushed out of a window and, uh, mobbed by cats and just sort of becomes Catwoman for convenient reasons. And, um, the penguin is also being leveraged by Max Shrek to, uh, get the mayor out of office because the mayor is roadblocking the creation of this power plant. And, um, so Max Shrek makes the penguin run for mayor, even though it's not election season. And also the penguin runs simultaneously a gang of penguins and a carnival themed, like clown gang who are doing mischief and violence in the streets that Batman has to solve. And then he gets tied up with Catwoman. (laughs) He has to solve it. What else? What what else is he supposed to say? He has to stop it, Corey. There's nothing to solve. Like they're they're right there doing things in the street. He doesn't. There's no mystery. Well, he solves that the penguin is involved, doesn't he? <laughs> I guess so. Fair enough. And he solves the problem with violence. <laughs> Fair play. And anyway, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle get sort of into it with each other in a meeting, like romantically, vaguely. And then also Batman and Catwoman have interactions and they, they sort of get involved. It's kind of complicated to explain succinctly, honestly. There's a lot of moving parts. There is, yeah. There's a lot going on. This is, uh, I mean, there's more villains than I thought there was going to be. There's, there's at least less, three. Less, less Batman than I thought there was going to be. Dramatically less Batman. That makes like more plot than I thought there was. There's a lot yeah. going on. If man. anybody wants to know more about the movie, watch it. Get over yourselves. I'm not going to sit here and explain it all to you. With that bit out of the way, Liam, it's time. We're here again. What'd you think about the Batman movie, huh? Uh, a lot I liked about this movie, Corey. There was a lot I liked. Um, I liked most of the Tim Burton-y stuff that I didn't expect to be in the movie. You know, I like his aesthetic. So right from the beginning, when we have 
a slow opening credits sequence with like dark skies, real moody music, um, a lightly dusted by snow creek that a fucking baby is thrown into. Just chucked into by Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, and I I had no idea that, that was going to happen and I didn't I didn't realize that this was penguin set up. Like I didn't I didn't know if this was a flashback to Bruce Wayne's parents. I had no idea. So as, <laughs> in this as universe, this whole... Bruce Wayne's parents threw him in a river and then died. <laughs> so as this was all unfolding, I was just I was glued to the screen and then when we jump ahead to present day and there are like clown people terrorizing the streets, it's that sort of um uh, uh, they're called juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's just that it's this sort of like absurdism, uh, like surrealist world, alternative world that I I really like. Um, you know, the crow, teenage mutant ninja turtles, they all do a, a similar sort of thing where it's like a dark city, yeah, but they're that, none of them are anywhere near as Art Deco as this. <laughs> Yeah, and I loved I loved all the architecture in this movie. Um, I just love the way Gotham is portrayed, and I think the, the Christmas setting is a really beautiful, um, but also like sad way to complement that. Um, you know, people get depressed in winter time, and so to to put this like cold setting that is supposed to be happy up against these terrible things happening. Um, in this city, I thought it was really effective, and so I really, really loved the mood of this movie, and I, I, I really liked living in it next to my little kitchen counter Christmas tree. Um, so I was very impressed because I wasn't expecting any of that stuff. I thought that the movie would be much more conventional in uh, the way it looked and the feeling of it. Um, I didn't expect to get such a hardcore Tim Burton movie, but. Um, it totally makes sense because he had built up enough goodwill with Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, and the original Batman movie that this is him just going, I get all this money from the studio. I'm going to be myself all over the place. And so I really liked that stuff. Where the movie falters for me, and it falters pretty hard, is in the script um, and just like what it does with these characters. I think there is too many drafts of a script at play here. I don't think they had everything sorted out. I don't think Tim Burton, he didn't seem to care enough about certain characters like Batman. It really gets the <laughs> short end of the stick in this movie. Um, More like Bruce Wayne returns, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and and that's okay. I mean, when I think of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, I, I think mostly about the joker and of course a lot of that is like the joker's interactions with batman but really um the 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 fascination in that movie on the audience's part and christopher nolan's part seems to be joker and so it's okay to focus on the villains but i think so much of the the sketching of the villains and their characters and their motivations in this movie is just really shoddy and so what it all adds up to is a movie that looks and feels really nice but in terms of like a story that i can get behind which i think is pretty important in a superhero tale when the world is very important like this exaggerated world that's very important but really um you've got to be invested in the 
the superheroes and the supervillains and what their objectives are and how they're trying to achieve them. And I just, I had a really hard time figuring out what was going on in regards to the characters in this movie. So I, I ended up coming away from it thinking that it's like a really, a really cool example of a, of a blank check movie and um, super cool to kind of see a film from a previous generation and knowing what I know about film now thinking, Oh, I, I kind of see how that was made and what the motivation was there. Um, you know, I can, I can understand uh, how this movie came out and might have disappointed kids afterwards um, because it is so weird. And, and that happens nowadays too with like, uh, well, nowadays, like 10 years ago with like <laughs> Spider-Man 3 or um, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Dude, I actually, I think this has so much in we common can't with talk Amazing about- Spider-Man 2. I can't believe we're going to relitigate the Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Yeah, this movie really feels it's a better version of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 just because Tim Burton's like uh vision visually like you know in that artistic sense is so much more strong and he's able to be uh a director that shows himself on screen whereas Mark Webb is much more Wow, you remembered like, the name of the guy who directed the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh my god. I can never have a conversation about Amazing Spider-Man with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> this is not me being like mean. I genuinely like I was racking my brain trying to remember who directed that movie. Bro, his last name is Webb. How could you ever forget? <laughs> Dude, his last name was Spider-Man. What about you, Corey? Um, to your point really quick, uh there were seven drafts of the script from two different writers. Uh, and Tim Burton did not originally want to come back, uh, unless the sequel offers something new and exciting per the Wikipedia page. He said, quote, otherwise it is a most dumbfounded idea. And, um, yeah, Waters was brought in to do rewrites and then did five drafts of rewrites based on the Sam Ham script, which was already two drafts deep. So probably a little bit overwritten to the point of confusion and, um, yeah, Waters, quote, came up with a social satire that had an evil mogul backing a bid for the mayor's office by the Penguin. Waters wanted to show that the true villains of our world don't necessarily wear costumes deep. But uh, I agree with a lot of... Penguin wears a costume, bro. Yeah, but like Max Shrek doesn't. That dude sucks. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's just Christopher Walken. Fair, fair play, Waters. And I mean, like, you know, he doesn't always wear a costume. He just looks like that. <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess so. just got those weird teeth anyway enough about teeth i agree with a lot of what you said i really 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 like how it looks uh oh yeah not just like production design wise uh because like you're saying like the architecture is all really interesting it's very art deco very like 30s it looks like the great depression is happening um but you can't always tell what year it is because like there is like all of this architecture and design or like selena kyle's apartment it's got like a 50s looking fridge in it but it's got like an answering machine that a normal phone would have and a big neon sign that just says hello there or like i like this clashing of like it doesn't matter when or where or what we are 
it's just you know just get in here feel the style and the atmosphere um like you said too it's very dark there's a lot of great like contrast and stuff like somebody studied their chia roscuro you know what i mean somebody's talking about shadows and um i really like how it looks i was caught off guard too i think by just how raw tim burtony this whole thing is both with the aesthetics of it and the um the the penguin man having a clown army gang where like a man is shooting a uzi into the air while unicycling down the street or there's a man literally dressed like satan blowing fire into a store (laughs) or umbrellas that shoot guns and it's all just very fucking wacky but um i really loved how weird and just like i guess tim burtony it was uh i liked that there was like a subplot of electoral corruption timely as ever am i right um but um I also felt like I really liked the character work. Um, aside from just some good lines, uh, there is a particular penguin line that I had written down because at one point he just sort of yells something and it really made me laugh and I got to find what it was. Oh, yeah, he just goes, Lawn Dart! And he just throws an umbrella at somebody, which I thought was funny. But um, he also says gross things like, Oh, no, just the pussy I've been looking for. Ew. But um, I liked the character work individually. I liked that the penguin initially is very sympathetic and even Bruce Wayne is like, Oh man, I hope he finds his parents. That would be pretty cool. But then you realize that like, that's just sort of an angle that he's also running. And in reality, he's just like jaded to the point of not really being on this team. And Max Shrek is totally manipulating the shit out of him for his own personal gains. And that dude sucks. He's like the definition of like a corrupt capitalist asshole. Selena Kyle is also really interesting because it's, it's really cool how Catwoman gives her the ability to basically to be confident and um assertive and like more in charge of herself and like what her whole deal is and um authoritative with men because we see a lot of men push her around in this movie so she kind of gets agency back as well and sort of the you can't have a batman movie with that like duality of identity so you've got the bruce wayne selena kyle batman catwoman shit and i like all that i like all that but it is really muddled and there's a billion things happening and um i don't know how how well it all ties itself together i feel like the end of the movie just sort of happens very quickly uh and you're left with cliffhangers i guess because the studio thought they had to which i which i understand but it's like i like all the pieces and i like how individual scenes or individual sequences work but i don't know how like cohesive a whole it is yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good way to put it. There's plenty I could pick out of this movie, um, scenes and moments, uh, frames even that I really, really like. But then there are probably fewer that I could pick out that really bothered me. But those few things like keep it from being great because it's um, uh, they just keep on popping up you know like Like uh, what's a good example a a good example is um i'd say how horny the penguin is bro i mean literally i was looking at my note i have multiple notes that are just about like dude this is so horny this is outrageously horny (laughs) and i just i couldn't tell oh it's right this is so horny christ is all the note says (laughs) that is in reference to when catwoman and the penguin are hanging out and she's on the bed, and then he gets on the bed, and he's just being weird, and she's being kind of weird, and she's already in this like latex skin tight outfit with a whip, 
which is very like just fetishy, obviously. But it's just like, you know, I can forgive some horniness. Uh, of course, of course. Um, especially when it's like they're doing it with like you know Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer, two hot people, and it's like I get it, you got hot people in your movie. But I feel like the character trait when given to the penguin a character who they're actively sort of trying to make seem like pathetic and an outsider and who they're already sort of stigmatizing for having a disability, which I don't feel great about um, to make him like a sex criminal <laughs> creepy man feels very bad. I agree. Yeah. And it's, I guess my issue is that it wasn't treated with like the seriousness that I guess I thought it should be. So um, to tie back into what I was saying with my expectations, how I thought this would be closer to a Nolan than a uh, Adam West type Batman. Um, though the mood um, aesthetically is very dark in this movie, I and that surprised me how Tim Burton-y it was, like you said. I was also very surprised at how campy and corny a lot of the dialogue is. Um, oh, and it's so like, it's real campy, like. Yeah, yeah, it's like very like I would I would have it's what I think the Adam West is the Adam West style dialogue is when I think of that in my head, you know, despite not being familiar with it. Um that's what I think of. And so I was expecting that that wouldn't be in this movie because I've seen other Tim Burton movies um and that's not how people talk. He's he's good at making things feel much more like understated and emotional. Um but he didn't write this movie uh and Corey said like seven drafts of this movie were written and so by two different um, people like so uh, a lot of the dialogue here it's it fe- I can't tell if it's like trying to get me to laugh in order to like alleviate the tension like of the darkness of this movie or i can't tell if it's um like in regards to the penguins uh horniness i can't tell (laughs) if it's if it's supposed to be taken seriously and i'm supposed to think like oh what a gross dude this penguin is and i would be much more on board with that like he's a villain so you can make him gross and shitty but it never felt like that to me it felt like it was comic relief or it's like also, he was like supposed to be saying what the audience sh- sh- might be ew. thinking or something yeah no i don't i didn't I'm even not, thought of it that way but like that's D- kind audience standard for ogling michelle pfeiffer yeah yeah that's that's how it felt or, to me or most any of the time. other woman <laughs> um i hadn't thought about it that way but yeah um it is weird too because there is a lot of like cheesy or like tonally like conscious campy weird dialogue that's funny um something that i i have mixed feelings about because again it's like you know dude having weird hands isn't like you know disability is not a punchline and i know like it's tough because i don't even know if that was part of like the character's deal before but it's like you know recently they did that like they did a new the witches movie and anne hathaway caught a lot of flack for one of the reasons her character is like villainous is because she has like a hand defect and the penguin is kind of the same thing where it's like, Hey guys, that doesn't make somebody literally evil. So, um, I have reservations about laughing at this line, but, uh, when they're trying to get him to run for mayor and they have like those campaigners with him, uh, 
one woman like pulls out these five fingered gloves and goes, oh, we think you should wear these gloves because our polling, our data shows that uh, voters like hands. Mm. <laughs> like, which is like funny. Like it just is. And I'm sorry. And it's it's problematic, but it's also funny. Or like Catwoman constantly backflips out of scenes. Or yeah, like oh, that is that's ridiculous. I was not again. I was not expecting that. That feels like Adam West shit. It's she she so she, she backflips out of the scene and then like a store explodes and she's just backflipping away. Dude, or, she does so many handsprings in yeah, this movie. Or uh, Alfred asks Bruce Wayne whether he must be the only lonely Birdman in town. And yeah. Um, Cir- or the circus gang is back at it again which somebody literally says circus gang is back at it again uh frankly i cringe mr mayor <laughs> like there's stuff in it and then his gross pussy line but it's like there's stuff in it that is goofy and silly and funny and just kind of wacky and then it is weirdly offset by just like grossness or just like 800 different things are happening i feel like none of the individual plot lines are explored enough it feels like a movie that's gone through a bunch of rewrites, so it it's less clear on, like, so the Penguin has this big master plan to uh, get all the firstborn sons of Gotham and, like, biblically fuck them up, and um, he immediately faces pushback on that from Max Shrek, and he's like, okay, I won't take your son, I'll take you instead, fine, and then doesn't get any of them, and that just doesn't seem to matter in the end. Like, that plan doesn't matter... Catwoman's just kind of learning how to be her own person and have agency. It's not really clear why she immediately hates the Batman Uh. other than their first interaction doesn't go great. But for me, it was never clear why Catwoman was immediately like, I want to kill Batman. Yes, I I did not like the Catwoman stuff at all. That was probably my biggest problem with the movie. And it sucks because Michelle Pfeiffer is probably like probably my favorite performance because she's so good. But, loved her. but she what the fuck was she given <laughs> dude like yeah it's, I, it's not clear what that character and like she she does both the like meek timid awkward you know kind of self-loathing bit at the beginning really really well like honey i'm home just kidding nobody's here because i'm alone and sad all the time and i'm getting calls from my mom about not coming home for christmas and i have a bed that goes into my closet and i'm sad and she does that great and she does catwoman like just like the confident I'm hot also fuck you thing so well but what what is her goal like you know like what is she doing right yeah yeah I I didn't get it at all I think she performs both sides of that coin really well but both sides of the coin feel so cliched I mean the unrelated yeah (laughs) like because when she comes back and she's just like confident herself now like the confidence carries over into quote-unquote real life sort of but not fully Mm -hmm. like and then bruce wayne just like i've immediately fallen in love with this person it's like what okay whatever yeah it just the movie uh it bummed me out that the movie didn't seem to be able to get past uh super villain origin stories and like making them not dumb because I know in comics, a lot of times, uh, when you really go back and look at it, the origin stories are dumb because the the, char- the resulting character we need is so outlandish and so like otherworldly that you can't really 
come up with a realistic way they they got there i mean maybe that's why christopher nolan's joker works so good is because it never goes into that origin um if you're gonna do the the stupid origin story commit even harder than this movie already does (laughs) because i like the penguin opening when it's just like these comically rich people locked their baby in a cube prison and then threw it into a river that's probably how you become a supervillain. But this feels like it got like all the way up there. Like she is m- mobbed by so many cats, just an incomprehensible number of cats for some reason. And that makes her a cat person. And she immediately makes her like fetish suit and spray paints her apartment and ruins her sign. So it says hell here, which is pretty on the nose, but it's just like, but why is she doing this? Yeah, yeah, they just didn't really have it figured out there because I'm with you. I I think the penguin origin story is just fine. I think it's like it's honestly kind of like deliciously creepy um and it reminds me of uh like 50s horror comics or something. I th- I think I think that is really cool. But in terms of Catwoman, she gets pushed out of a window by Max Shrek. Um maybe lives maybe dies it's not super clear i mean to me i i I thought that uh she survived the fall that's why she went through the awnings and and hit but then she that's um, why she comedically goes through the awnings yeah (laughs) just to for her to have logos uh, on them (laughs) yeah and then cats maul her and then after that she somehow knows how to do handsprings her personality is entirely different i just I don't get it. And then the motivations of the new character she is, like with Batman and stuff, don't make sense. I think all her lines, um, once she's the Catwoman, while delivered as well as they can be, and I still, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is very charming. They just, they're so incongruous with the world that I think Tim Burton has created visually. Some of them are funny though. Like she's pretty good. And I, yeah, I feel like she's able to embody it really well. You know, I wonder if this movie's better if there's just more Batman in it to sort of glue it all together. Because there's a huge gaping hole in the middle of this movie where I think Batman yeah. was supposed to be. Yes, I, I think if they had more Batman, it would have worked. I respect that Tim Burton was like, I'm not actually that concerned with Batman. It's villain time. It's like a bold move, very confident. But because this movie turned out to not have the chops, um, especially in regards to Catwoman, I think if you had had more Batman, I think it, it would have helped glue things together. I think The Dark Knight strikes that that balance really well where your interactions with Batman and Joker highlight the villain um, and you're using this hero that we already know really well. We don't actually need to do that much work with, but we just need to use him in order to shine a light on this villain and what their motivations are. And this movie doesn't really have it. It just, it just like has this, um, this like rogues gallery of these villains that just bop around each other for <laughs> a good hour and a half. And, yeah. and, and that's they're, it. they're all fun to be around. And like, I had a good time. And then, like, I like that Max Shrek is, yeah, like, the very, like, sort of, I don't know if that's how electricity works or anything, but it's the more, like, grounded part of it. But, um, you know, it's it's gra- grounded, I'm using loosely, because then, you know, like, a carnival gang shows up and Batman has to go out there and punch a guy off a unicycle or whatever the fuck. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, 
I liked that we weren't getting Batman Origins for the billionth time because th- we skipped that one. And I like Michael Keaton in the role, but he's mm. given so little here. Like, wafer-thin Batman presence here. Um, yeah. And I don't know what to do with that because I feel like it's hard to get a read on him when all of we're getting is like weird interactions with Michelle Pfeiffer and weird fight scenes that are only okay. Like the best shots of Batman are like when his eyes are the only thing lit up on his face. Those look great. But like, that's the most iconic thing I could think of or most striking thing I can think of that is Batman related in this movie. I do think that he's doing a good Bruce Wayne, like, scrambling for any human connection because he that's why he's a weird batman man because we don't see a lot of his bruce wayne schmoozing uh aside from that one party where it's just an excuse to talk to selena kyle and neither one of them do the masquerade gimmick but um because they're no fun but like yeah it's just there's just nothing there's something missing yeah i think there's there's something so missing that I I couldn't even figure out if I liked Michael Keaton and I liked uh, Bruce Wayne and that character. I honestly came down um, pretty sure that I didn't like him, which is a shame because I do like Michael Keaton in most stuff I see him in. Beetlejuice, uh, Spider-Man oh, Homecoming. Yeah. I guess he is in Beetlejuice, huh? Yeah, man. He's Shit. the man. Also, the titular, the the- titular Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just forgot, but I didn't mean to cut you off. But what I wanted to ask is, like, is the problem that he's a bit too similar to all the bad guys? <laughs> like, uh, he's given about well, as much as them. And the only thing we know is that he's beating up the bad guys. But, like, in terms of, like, how the character is, like, constructed and presented to us, the only reason he's the good guy is because he is the good guy because we know he's Batman. Right, yeah. Um, But at least the villains, like, have a chance to have uh like ups and downs moments moments of performance you know they can they they go out there and uh get to do some extravagant things um but he he doesn't have that at all his performance is very muted a whole lot of sitting um lots of sitting yeah even when he's sit man am i right (laughs) even when he's in the batman costume which happens what like maybe like twice two sequences i do like the most he keeps all of his batman suits apparently on hangers in a closet yeah and he just has so many of them like which is funny because like obviously a superhero would have a lot of them but it is it is funny to just see that like he's like uh the angry video game nerd (laughs) just have a closet (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. he's just dressed Um, like doug but yeah, I didn't I didn't really like him because he didn't have much to do and so uh I was I just felt like I was watching Michael Keaton. Um and um hmm. Yeah, so you're saying he's very muted, right? Um and you know, it is hard to get a read on him because like He's very, like, sort of laissez-faire with Max Shrek. Like, he literally throws a report at him from across the desk, and he's like, yo, I'm not playing your game. Like, he, we're seeing, like, the savvy detective-esque side of him, but then that sort of conflicts with the, like, yearning for any human connection that we get with Selena Kyle, where it's just like, oh, two people that sort of have stuff in common? Do they? I can't really tell. Uh, but he's like, oh, somebody I might have be able to have in my life after uh, Vicky Vale from the first movie, who I guess got into the Batcave and they hung out and i'm guessing she died um and uh that 
goes with the Batman actual character who doesn't really say anything. So you've got this weird like Batman triangle. I just actually made a triangle with my hands as if anybody could see that and I don't know why. But um and it feels like none of them really connect super well. <laughs> and then Bruce Lane with Alfred also feels different from Bruce Lane with anybody else. You know? Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's probably the best stuff because oh, totally. uh, that's and Alfred's that's- great. Yeah, I like Alfred. I've heard that he's in all four of these. Uh, Good for him. 90s Batman Good movies, for him. Cool. He's the Eugene Levy of the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I think my biggest problem with Michael Keaton in this movie is that um, I know that Tim Burton, like you said, he didn't want to come back to do this sequel, and he he would only do it if he got to do what he wants. And he's not a comic book reader. And he's not that interested in Batman. It's these villains and this repurposing of the villains that got him so interested. So Max Shrek is like an original character. It was going to be Harvey Dent. And then they went with Max Shrek instead. And the Penguin is a total uh, reinterpretation of that character. You know, in in the Adam West version and in the comics, he uh, he's more of like an aristocratic, normal dude. Um, that just like has like a purple top hat and shit and and goes by the penguin um but this decided to do the the more grotesque thing of making him like a a physical penguin type human hybrid um and so tim burton here he's more interested in the villains and making this sort of creepy seedy uh zany world and so batman isn't as interesting to him and so um the movie goes so hard and is so steadfast in not retreading ground that i assume it must have done in the first batman movie where you're doing that character work with bruce wayne and um um and sticking with him and so this movie feels like it's like these legacy sequels that we get nowadays where you um you're coming back to a franchise after a while and you're doing something new with like a new cast but then you need a piece of the original movie to bring over and to to ground people and so you get the original actor who is now like over the material and you also don't really have that much material for him (laughs) when you said over the material i thought you said like the material plane like he was almost dead (laughs) like he just got really old I'm a man of <laughs> double entendres. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. Um, and so you bring in this character in order to have some sort of connective tissue to that original movie and have someone in the movie that fans can like um, and feel like used to, but also you don't have that much material for them. And so you end up getting something that like feels very flat and very... Like it would be better off if you had just like put the put the cow out to pasture you know like seeing like seeing bruce willis in glass which is a sequel to m night Shyamalan, which is a sequel to split and unbreakable you know (laughs) unbreakable was like 10 to 15 years later and then you bring bruce willis back and he just doesn't really have it anymore he's there for the paycheck there for the paycheck but also you don't really have the material for him like m knight was more interested with the james mcavoy character in glass and so um you it it, it just feels like it would be better bruce off willis is a visual signifier <laughs> you look at him and you go oh i know what that is 
Yeah. And so I think in this movie, it it would have been better off like either like taking Batman out even more, honestly, because then it would be less noticeable that he's that he's just here for like, OK, you could only but pay then- him for three days and you can <laughs> only pay him for three facial expressions. Like <laughs> I love the idea that Michael Keaton charges by the facial expression, but then I feel like there's even less, it's even less cohesive because the characters are more interrelated, but like thematically at that point, like what the fuck is happening? Right. Cause it's like, you've got the, you know, not all villains wear costumes rhetoric throughout and you've got like mayoral corruption and, um, you know, finding, you know, connection in both difference and connection in like shared trauma, I guess. That's not precisely why I think Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne get together, but it's the closest approximation I'm willing to get to right now. But I'm trying to think about like if you take that corner of the movie out, what is it about? Like you'd have to completely redo it, um, restructure it. Because Oh yeah. Of course, of course. Like yeah, but that's what I mean is like that's also an indictment of the thing that we got is like thematically mm-hmm. there's a few things that are pretty apparent um, whether it's that surface level or you want to get into like the the nitty gritty, which I'll encourage somebody who maybe cares a little bit more to do. Um, but it's like it's hard to kind of get a read on the penguin because he's sympathetic early on and then just sort of takes a turn and becomes a cartoon Selena Kyle, we've established, is hard to get a read on. Max Shrek is just a shitty businessman. Like, what is the final product? And I don't know. <laughs> uh, what the final product is, it's visually compelling as hell. And uh, the music shreds. Danny Elfman is out here busting his ass on this soundtrack. Dude, of course busting his ass dude there's like there's maybe in total two minutes in this movie where music isn't being played and yeah. it was it was starting to grade on me Corey. it was the sheer amount of music yeah because i thought a whole lot of it was awesome i mean it kicks you kicks you in the ass right at the very beginning in the opening scene um but just the it it, it started to feel a bit too manipulative and like um uh, well, I mean, I guess all movies are manipulative, but it 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 felt like the movie it felt like the movie was like uh, sort of um, wasn't confident enough in the character work that was happening on screen, and it needed the music to be there, and it just started it started to feel a bit cheesy to me. But you're absolutely right that in the the work that Danny Elfman is putting out and the sheer amount of it is it's really something to. There's 95 to, uh, minutes of music. Holy shit! Yeah. In a two-hour and six-minute movie, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I really like it. He's he's on his game for sure. But I get what you mean. Where it's like sometimes it's like, okay, can we stop with the big swelling strings and the weird fucked up violins and the and the drums and the and the chanting and all this shit? Yeah, but but, but once I realized that the movie is very cartoonish, um, despite like how it seems on the surface. And it is uh, very, it's a very active movie and it's not as um, somber as I thought it was going to be. Then the the music constantly makes a bit more sense. I right. Think. Yeah. And I think, you know, it kind of goes with some of the like, it almost complements the, the cheesiness of some of it, which is how constant the music is, like telling you how to feel about what you're seeing. 
Yeah, and then you yeah. just get like jokes in the middle, basically. And I like the political lampooning. I think maybe the most. I like of, that too. In terms of the jokey stuff, uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia just a second ago, and um, there's a line here from Janet Maislin's New York Times review uh, that says that Danny DeVito, his performance is quote conveying verve, and I have no fucking idea what that is supposed to mean, and I really needed to point that out. Oh, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Conveying Verve. It's a good band name. I am seeing comments in here, though, where it's like, uh, Michael Keaton's manic depressive hero remains a remarkably rich creation. Or Michael Keaton as showing appropriate earnestness. <laughs> Which, again, is a weird way to describe somebody. Michael Keaton's work is the tormented hero. Like, what Michael Keaton? <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't, he's doing that. And he's doing it fine, but we're not getting enough of it to really latch on. And yeah, I don't, like I don't you, want you it. You can assume that's what's happening. Yeah, and I don't want it spoon fed to me, but there's a fine line between a movie holding my hand and a movie not having, having so little of something rather that it feels like it's not there. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, it I'm feels with like you. it's got a gap in it. But like aesthetically, it's so well put together, and some of it's just crazy. Like uh, the penguin drives a big rubber duck around that has six wheels; it can go up staircases. Yeah, that was oh my that gosh! Fucking you, rules, dude. When you get like the wide angle of him literally riding it up, yeah, the it's stairs. awesome. <laughs> oh my! Like God. I love a lot of the silly stuff in this movie, and I would I, I loved his I little could layer. sit here and like go beat for beat on the funny stuff, but it's like I don't know, just watch the movie, right? Uh, the crowd at the Penguin speech where Batman jams the signal. I love how jamming the signal is his solution twice. Like they set it up once and then he literally just jams the signal again. Very anticlimactic way to solve that problem. But uh, he gets out the Bat CD player and has a recording of the Penguin like talking shit about tricking everybody. And this crowd that was loving him as this mayoral candidate immediately has like rotten food to throw at him. And the Penguin literally says, where did they all get food to throw? That's what I'm telling you, man. The Penguin is the audience surrogate. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was, I was saying the same thing. Like, what the fuck? And then because he pointed it out, I was like, okay, I guess points to the movie but i didn't think this would be the kind of movie where to do that rot food in the first place <laughs> right yeah no it very much is or selena kyle's out here tasing people oh my gosh yeah. uh, the the radar in the batmobile can sense when something is duck shaped <laughs> um and, and there's uh, an army of penguins with little helmets strapped with missiles <laughs> Oh, the penguin work is insane. I'm so glad this movie came out in the 90s and we got so many practical penguins because <laughs> if this penguin idea had been used for like Dark Knight Rises, uh right. oh my god, I wish. Then we, we probably we probably would have got a whole lot more CGI penguins and it's just so nice to see literal penguins. It's just it's so funny. Yeah. I hope no penguins were harmed in the making of this movie. I, I didn't watch all the way to the plum end of the credits. I don't know if it got that in there. I know that every Batman movie requires discussion of masks and duality and secrecy and identity, but you're telling me that it takes all the way until Michael Keaton rips the cowl off of the suit for either one of them to figure out who the other person is when it comes to Batman and Catwoman. You're telling me they never put that together, movie? I know. It took know. a literal like, melodramatic uh, then- reveal. When her blonde hair is is finally and they're still like we don't know suit. who it is. <laughs> like, are you... yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I guess that's just something uh, most in most superhero movies you just got. Yeah, you got to take that as fact. Around. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it still definitely looks like Michael Keaton's chin. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to be honest, I don't think he's he's got a great Batman face in in. Uh, well, once he's all suited up in the cowl, like he he kind of has like a goofy lower uh, lower third lower half of his yeah <laughs> third of his face to me. Like it, uh, RoboCop man, he is not. I think. Judge Dredd dude had a good one too. Carl Urban. Peter Peter Weller, Robocop man. Yes, yeah, I like that because Michael Keaton, um, I can see how he would be a good Bruce Wayne. I'm not I'm not going full Janet Maislin here saying in this movie he's a good Bruce Wayne, but I can see how he would be a good Bruce Wayne, maybe in the first movie. Um, which I do want to watch, by the way, after seeing this one. Yeah. I want to watch it even more. But uh once he has the mask on, it I don't really it it just feels a like goofy and like campy which i guess the movie is actually doing but uh uh not for me not for me yeah i'm seeing a lot of the reviews that a lot of the reviews here that are really positive are like production design characters that feel like an extension of the world that they're in just how wild it is yeah i'm seeing here peter trevers wrote pfeiffer gives this feminist avenger a tough core of intelligence and wit she's a classic dazzler I agree with that, but, like, to an extent, because I'm like, I don't know if she's, like, she's mistreated by men, but we mostly see her ire pointed at Batman, not all men. Mm. Yeah. Am I misinterpreting that? Did I forget a scene, or what? No, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's where her main uh, ire is, because you get that scene where she... Uh, um tic-tac-toe scratches the the, the robber dude. man yeah the dude but then she also goes after the woman and says you you make it too easy so yeah. she's just whatever she's that just, meant she's just pissed at people and so i i didn't like her character at all because i thought that um both both like representations of her both both of these identities she have she has just feel very token and cliched you know she's she's the meek woman um who like wants a man in her life but doesn't have it and then she's like the badass sexy woman i didn't feel any connective tissue and i didn't feel um like she was anything but a stereotype in either portion of the movie even though i really liked the performance i i thought that the there there wasn't a whole lot of actual uh stuff for the actress to chew into i mean like she's she does have these big moments but that make me appreciate the actress but nothing really that makes me appreciate the the actual character yeah i don't know if i have a ton more to say i feel like we've kind of covered it all but it's like i'm fascinated by the movie i had fun with it aesthetically production design musically atmospherically Christmassy. Um, it takes a lot of boxes. The performances are all great, but I don't know what they're in service of, and that's what makes it stop from being just like a wholehearted fuck yeah kind of recommendation. Yeah, and, and even that being said, there's and I'm I'm right there with you, there's so much in the movie, even in regards to the characters, like the stuff that I'm confused by and don't like, there's still stuff a whole lot happening in the movie that I'm a- absolutely going to watch this movie again. And there's, I think there's more I can get out of it, but I just, 
can't really fathom a whole lot of the stuff that didn't work for me is going to end up working. Yeah, I uh I I think people should watch it still. I think there's so much here and I think that other people might come down a bit differently, but it's it's I don't know how else to put it other than sort it was just kind of fascinating, but I don't know. Ended on a weird note. Sort of coalesces on a weird note, I guess. Yeah. Uh before we get out of here, just want to say that, you know, Christmas is coming. Whether you like it or not, it is inevitable and it comes for us all, sort of like death does. And to get excited for the Christmas season, for the Christmas day itself, we're already in the Christmas season. We are going hard on our Christmas movie of choice this year. Our episode after this will be our formal Christmas episode. Uh, and before we hit the new year, we are going to have a wintry episode after that. But um, Christmas is coming to the podcast and you can get excited for that. We It will be even Christmasier than Elf Christmas Buddy musical Christmas Buddy Elf music. Couldn't really remember what it was called, so I just kind of said all the words in an order to see if one of them was right. Choose your own adventure. You yeah. can edit the sentence together, so it's going <laughs> to end up being... It's definitely going to be more Christmassy than Elf Buddy Christmas musical. And uh, with that out of the way, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as they made another one. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your The Batman Returns spec scripts. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jay Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And our custom-made soundboard clips when the soundboard is working are courtesy of Jason DeLine, who you can find on Instagram at DeLineMan. Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. And you can catch me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. And you can also check out MK Podquest on all your podcast services and Twitter, which I do with friend of the show, Neil, where we are working our way through the live-action fantasy combat television series Mortal Kombat Conquest. And with that out of the way, we'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one?